Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey, and I am recording this episode at 2 o'clock in the morning on March 13th, 2012, which by default means that it is my birthday today. And like I said on the previous show, the only thing I can really think of to do on my birthday is to play stuff from the year that I was born, 1979. Do the math. You could tell how old I am at this point. Uh, very happy, feeling good, nothing but positive. And, uh, you know, it's pretty cool, you know, things like, you know, getting the early happy birthdays on your Facebook wall like we all enjoy in this day and age. And, and uh, you know, just put me in a really good mood when I got home from work. So, uh, gonna have a good time on the show here tonight, talk about some 1979 things. I was trying to find anything I could possibly about that particular day. And you know what? Nothing really happened at all besides me being born. I can tell you that for sure. Uh, Nobody famous was born or died on March 13th, 1979. Literally the only thing I could find in history at all, in any kind of history, was that there was a slight lunar eclipse. So that may mean that there is something wrong with me. I don't know. But that is the only thing in the world that happened besides me being born, apparently. And if uh, you can find anything else and prove me wrong, please send it to me. It would be a lot of laughs. But like I said, we're doing the music of 1979. Uh, This isn't like the top 10 singles or the top 10 records or anything. And you know, I can't even find a list of the top 10 albums of the year by sales or billboard or anything. I looked. I can't find one. I can't find a definitive list. I found out that the best-selling album of 1979 was, in fact, Billy Joel's 52nd Street record, a record that I own. Uh, Even though I'm not going to play you something from that on the show tonight, I really like that album. I think that's probably one of the best Billy Joel albums, period. Um, I got a feeling that a song from that's going to pop up on a future episode, uh, you know, sooner than later. So that's why I'm not playing anything off of that tonight. But that is a great record. I do recommend that. So add to the many sales that it already has by picking up a copy of 52nd Street by Billy Joel. Uh, Nice to see that he had the best-selling album in a year that... Definitely still had uh, disco running wild and even had the rock bands incorporating disco and and stuff like that. And and there'll be a song that kind of touches on that later on here in this show with a twist, of course. You know how I do it. But uh, I'm just picking, literally just picked ten random songs off of this list that I have. I have an old list from a few years ago. Uh, I made myself a a box set of 1979 songs. I, I was really into the years of what was going on when me and my friends were born and stuff like that. So I'm really into that kind of thing. I even am starting to make, like, uh, this is a little about me. It shows you how geeky I am about music and still to this day. You know, those, like, little files and playlists you have on the left side of your iTunes library. Well, literally, in the last year, I've been making year files for everything that I have. I'm still working on it. it. That's how long it's been taking me, but I am doing it. So I'm working off of that and a box that I made a few years ago, and I picked 10 songs out of it. Songs from bands. I've played most of these bands here before. There may be a couple of debuts here and there, and uh, there was so much to choose from, obviously, and basically just whittled it down to 
who haven't I who haven't I played lately maybe as much and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I promise no Alice Cooper songs tonight, even though I've I've already played you something from their his seventy nine output from the inside. Great record. Um, I'm not gonna play anything off Kiss Dynasty, even though I love that record. Uh, you know, these things will come up, but um, let's just kick it off here. First song, great opener here off of an album that was released, at least in the United States, it was released on August 3rd, 1979. It was the last album by this band's current lead singer, Bon Scott. I'm going to play something by ACDC from the album Highway to Hell. There's not a whole lot I have to say about Highway to Hell. It's a classic, solid, hard rock album. It's an essential album to have in your collection. You need to have this record. Of course, it's got Highway to Hell. It's got Girls Got Rhythm, Touch Too Much, uh, Shot Down in Flames, If You Want Blood, You Got It. Just great record top to bottom. I'm going to play you my personal favorite song off of that album. This is the kickoff track tonight. If you're going to do one thing here, uh, turn it up as loud as you possibly can, because this is Get It Hot.
Alright, that was ACDC kicking off things tonight with Get It Hot from the Highway to Hell record. Not much else to be said about that. Go get it. Yeah, I promise you greatness. And speaking of greatness, track two here tonight uh, comes from an album that just barely made it out of the 70s. It was released in mid-December of 1979. And there is that rare occasion where the vast music critics of the world and myself will actually agree on something. There's an album out there that gets tons of praise, makes it really high on all these all-time record lists that critics like to write and create their controversy. And this is one of those albums that we do park our car in the same garage and we can appreciate equally. So it's that rare album that does bring us together. I'm talking about an album called London Calling by The Clash. This album, as much as you've probably read about it, there's I think more people have read about it than have actually heard it, but it is not overrated. I will definitely say that for sure. It's one of those rarities where I do agree with the critics, and it might even be a better album than it, than people even say it is. I, I think it's a pretty much a flawless album from start to finish. Uh, you know, for a band such as The Clash that came out as a punk rock band and this was definitely their way of sticking around a lot longer than some of their contemporaries at the time they started to incorporate more styles of music in there and you know without sounding like they're selling out uh you know they took their punk rock elements they mixed it with reggae and they mixed it with soul and rockabilly and they did such a great job at it the clash really is one of the best bands of all time they were really on another level more so than a lot than a lot of other bands, and uh, you know I think it's one of those bands that could have only come out of the '70s. The '70s, you know, yeah, I, w- I was barely alive in the '70s. I was alive for nine months of it, but I truly believe that the best music, pretty much almost all forms of entertainment, the best music and movies and all that stuff, came out of the '70s for sure. And uh, if you've never heard anything off London, well, I'm sure you've definitely heard at least one song off of London Calling, which is Train in Vain, which most people know as a song that's also known as Stand By Me, uh, which wasn't even going to be on the album. It was a last-minute inclusion. It's at the very end of the album. Uh, I'm going to play you my personal favorite song, which is track five off of London Calling. This is the song that I heard that actually prompted me to buy it. Uh, Honestly, the first time I heard this song was incorporated in the movie Gross Point Blank, so it piqued my interest to finally plunk down on this album that I had read so much about, London Calling. Like I said, just killer record. Here's an example of that. My favorite song off London Calling. Here it is, Rudy Can't Fail.
there was your cold cup of coffee from The Clash with Rudy Can't Fail. Like I say, go get that London Calling record. And uh, there's a really nice deluxe edition of it out, too. I understand if you don't get the deluxe edition, but if you're a big fan of the record and you don't have this, you need to get it. Uh, it's a three-disc set. Uh, second disc is all of the demos and sessions from there, so alternate versions and early versions with different lyrics and titles of the songs that wound up on the album. It's a whole disc of that, and then there's a DVD documentary, a little mini documentary on the making of, and just a killer booklet inside of it. So go check that out. Now, moving on, uh, I was mentioning uh, uh, The Clash that incorporates all these different styles into their music, but as much as I like them, and as much as I like a lot of other bands and singers, they can't hold a candle as far as incorporating styles of all walks of life, more so than this man here, Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa, one of the greatest artists of all time, the greatest composer of my lifetime, that's for damn sure. And uh, Frank actually won a, a Grammy from, from this song, which is totally crazy. As unconventional as he is, he would win that occasional Grammy, something uh, that the industry would re- reward him with, because, you know, obviously the industry knew the man was great, but it would be so hard to give him recognition for songs like Titties and Beer and, uh, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, He's So Gay, you know, like real NPC stuff. But, you know, I mean, Zappa had his toe in everything, classical music, jazz, blues, rock and roll, comedy rock, instrumental, crazy space-age music. But uh, this song is definitely a reflection of the times. 1979, Disco is Still King on the charts, so Zappa makes this nice little spoof. This is actually one of the first Frank Zappa songs I ever heard, and uh, it's on a great album called Chic Your Booty. Of course, there's a nice play on words there. There he is, Frank Zappa with a stellar band, one of his best bands ever. Uh, guys like Adrian Ballou, Peter Wolf, Terry Bozio, Ed Mann, Napoleon Murphy Brock, uh, Tommy Mars, I always forget Tommy Mars, Ed Mann, I think, that, I think that's all of them. Uh, there you go. Frank Zappa and the boys with Dancing Fool. I don't know much about dancing. That's why I got this song. One of my legs is shorter than the other and both of my feet's too long. Of course, now right along with them. I got no natural rhythm, but I go dancing every night, hoping one day I might get it right. I'm a dancing fool.
Frank Zappa with Dancing Full from the 1979 album Chic Your Booty. That album was actually officially released 10 days before I was born on March 3rd, 1979. And something else that definitely needs to be pointed out. I, I definitely am going to have to do a Frank Zappa show in the future. And God, what am I going to play on that? But uh, probably one of the first guys and, and last guys to really do this in music. And surprising that it hasn't been done more. But after a while, and this album is an example of that, Zappa would basically have the songs ready and written and rehearsed with his band. And they would go on stage in front of a live audience and play the album. And then he would go in the studio later and, you know, overdub a few things here and there. Uh, you know, something he wanted to add to the song maybe. But basically all the tracks are recorded live on his albums for the most part. And that... That song in itself, they're dancing full, according to the fan page I found with all the info and stuff like that. That track was recorded on stage at the Hammersmith Odeon in London on February 28th, 1978. And, you know, like I said, uh, most of the album was actually recorded in that same place. So, you know, it sounds like a studio recording in there, but they did it mostly all on stage a few punch-ins here and there. So I just think that's amazing. And nobody really does that anymore. I mean, there's not anybody that has the kind of visibility he had uh, that is doing something like that. It's just, you figured it cut down on production costs. But, uh, you know, what do I know? <laughs> um, but anyway, moving on, you know, of course, that last song, you know, a spoof of the disco genre and everything. And uh, here's a band that I'm a fan of that definitely did start incorporating uh, disco into their music, but I I don't feel that they really suffered from it, and that's rare to say, you know, especially for that time. I just finally finished getting this band's entire studio catalog 
This is the Electric Light Orchestra. I'm a big fan of ELO, Jeff Lynne, and, and Jeff Lynne is one of those guys that's, that's definitely in his own world, on his own level, and, and yeah, he's great. I mean, just from the production on these albums alone, I mean, the guy, the guy is definitely a production genius, you know, and if, big sounding, you know, multiple layered, you know, some people say overproduced, but I love it. And, uh, you know, like I said, they, they brought the dance music into their sound. Uh, I don't think it really hurt them all that much. I, I really don't. Uh, the album they put out in 79 has certain aspects of that. Uh, this album, Discovery, you know, it does have a lot of elements of that, of, of the disco music, like Last Train to London and Shine a Little Love and stuff like that. But I still think it, it's a great album. Uh, I'm going to play one of my favorite songs on here. Not very disco, a little more middle-of-the-road oriented. Uh, really cool song, you know, I'm a big fan of vocal effects, so this has it in spades. So here you go, this is Electric Light Orchestra with Confusion.
Alright, that was ELO with Confusion from their album Discovery, which was released in the early part of the summer of 1979. And I uh, found out a fun little fact about it while the song was playing. A member of the group, Richard Tandy, apparently came up with the nickname of the album to be Discovery. So, there you go. Good times. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, moving on, the next band I'm going to play here... Uh, I guess they're probably more known as an 80s band, but they definitely got their start in the 70s. And uh, the first real video band, uh, highly innovative, still one of the best bands that ever existed. I'm going to play you a song by Devo. Devo put out a really solid album in 1979 called Duty Now for the Future. And it contained this song, one of my favorite, favorite Devo songs of all time. It's kind of a two-for-one kind of song, because it's definitely two different songs on one track. So here you go. Here is the super crazy original and talented Devo with Smart Patrol, Mr. DNA.
All right, that was Devo with Smart Patrol slash Mr. DNA. I love it when they bring it back there to the beginning at the very end of that song. That just makes it right there. And I've seen some great footage of them playing that song live. That song is probably even better live, actually. But, uh, like, the first six Devo albums are very solid. I mean, they didn't really ever put out a bad album. Uh, Just some that maybe aren't as good as the others. Uh, But, you know, I think all the albums they did were, were very, very good. And uh, still out there, still touring and everything. I need to definitely correct that wrong and go see him live. I still have yet to see him live. And uh, so, yeah, hopefully that'll happen this year or whenever they can make it back into town. The next time I will not miss them, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, I was looking around, researching, trying to find anything 1979 online as I'm getting ready to do this show here today. And, uh, yeah, I, I found a listing of the actual, according to Billboard listings and stuff like that, the official top five songs of 1979. So I'm going to kind of read these off here because it does tie into the next song. So starting from number five, which a song I've never heard before, and I thought I'd heard everything that was big, especially in the 70s. But the uh, number five single of the whole year it's a song called Born to Be Alive by Patrick Hernandez. Maybe if I heard it, I might recognize it. But as of this recording, I have no idea what that song is. Number four, Donna Summer, Hot Stuff. Uh, you know, yeah, it's a disco song, but I don't have a big problem with it. I think it's kind of a fun song. And uh, So at number three, uh, M, the band M with pop music. Yes, pop, pop, pop music, that song. Uh, you know, nothing against that song. That was the third highest-ranking single of 1979. Number two, on the other hand, was... I, I do know for a fact this was number one on the charts when I... The, the week I was born. Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. I can't stand that song. I hate that song so much. Uh, the cake cover's pretty cool, but uh, I have no use for that song at all. Can't stand it, you know. Whatever. Uh, number one song of 1979, according to Billboard magazine, was actually Blondie's Heart of Glass. So, yay. All right. No problem with that at all. And uh, I'm actually going to play a Blondie song here next. Yeah, and that's interesting, too, because Heart of Glass wasn't even on their 1979 now Meet to the Beat. It was on Parallel Lines from the previous year, 1978. So that song remains strong throughout 1979. So... I, I maybe possibly overshadowed the sales of you know of E to the Beat, but I don't know. I I think E to the Beat's a great record too. I mean, Parallel Lines, a great record, of course, very essential. But uh, there's some great tunes on E to the Beat. I'm gonna play my personal favorite here. This is uh this is a killer song. I song it's just one of those. I don't know if I think it's just the combination of the entire band and Debbie's vocals. It's just this is a perfect song to me. So I wanted to share this one with you. So, check it out. This is Blondie with Union City Blue.
That was Blondie with Union City Blue off their album Meet the Beat, which, uh, yeah, like I said, I definitely recommend that album. And no surprise here, the album was produced by a fellow named Mike Chapman. Go Google that guy. Uh, there's not enough time for me to discuss all the great music he's responsible for on the production level and on a songwriting level. Uh, that guy has one of the most perfect ears for music ever. Mike Chapman. There you go. And uh, you definitely, yeah, the, the Eat to the Beat, the uh, remastered version, has a couple of cool bonus tracks worth listening to. You can hear their uh, live versions of some cover songs. They do David Bowie's Heroes and Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. So uh, that's a lot of fun if you haven't heard those. So go check out that Eat to the Beat remaster. And uh, right, the next band I'm going to play kind of ties in well. This is probably the same kind of fan base as Blondie did at that time in the late 70s. I'm going to play you something by the Cars. I uh, know I definitely played the Cars on my first show for sure because I played Moving in Stereo for debut albums. But I'm going to play something off their sophomore album, a band that did not experience a sophomore slump at all. Uh, even though Candio, uh, the album Candio, is not as perfect as the first album, it's pretty damn close. Uh, it's it's a great follow-up, that's for sure. Uh, so, and it holds, fun fact, this album holds the distinction as being my favorite album cover of all time, which proves that I might have pretty perverse taste, but... I think it's a great album cover. I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, the classic pinup girl look and everything. So, uh, you know, if you know what I'm talking about, that's uh, the album cover, Candio, which finding out that that woman is actually a real person, uh, I I wanted to find out who that was. Finally went and checked it out. Uh, she's an actress named Candy Moore, which apparently is a coincidence. They did not know that uh, her name was going to be Candy. Uh, she was an actress, found out that she uh, worked on The Lucy Show. So there's a fun fact. Uh, she was, uh, which makes her, according to her bio here, would make her 32 when she posed for the cover of Candio. So yeah, she was almost as old as I am now. But uh, great album cover, great album, you know, judge the book by its cover. Uh, here you go. This is uh, my, one of my personal favorites off this album. It's the last track on the album. This is Dangerous Type.
Alright, that was the Cars with Dangerous Type. And like I said, you can find that on their album Candio. And, uh, like I said, my favorite album cover of all time. Uh, it's, you know, I'm going to stop staring at it now. Alright, so this next track is kind of the uh, obscure pick of the list here. Uh, a band that I know next to nothing about and literally had to go look up a few factoids about them to be credible here on the show tonight. Usually I can just spout them off by my crazy music memory. But uh, this is a band called Sniff in the Tears. Yes, uh, Sniffin' the Tears. They were from London, England, and they came out, uh, you know, in the late 70s. And they put out this one album in 1979, it was called Fickle Heart. And apparently they literally, like, pretty much almost disbanded entirely, like, right after the album came out, which is why they never really could capitalize on anything. Like, half the band quit, and then they, you know brought in some replacements, but apparently they just couldn't recover after that. They broke up after a couple of more albums that were never heard, but uh, uh, they they have this amazing song, and uh, I found out about it, uh, kind of like that Clash song earlier, uh, from one of my favorite movies of all time. They used uh, their one and only hit Driver's Seat on the soundtrack to Boogie Nights. It was actually on the second volume of the Boogie Nights soundtrack. Both volumes are really awesome, so I definitely recommend those. So that's how I found out and, and knew about this song. I remember I used to work with a guy at the old record store, this guy Brian, really cool guy, and he actually knew this song. He knew the band Sniffing the Tears because he was talking about how his dad really liked this record. And I thought that was really cool. I was like, someone else that actually knows about this band. Uh, you know. So I always just like this song. I, I need to track down a copy of the album itself. I only have this one song. I'm guilty of that. So I'm going to have to find a copy of Fickle Heart if it's... If it's even half as good as this song, then I'm going to love it. So, uh, yeah, I'll see if I can go find that record. While you listen to this, this is Sniffing the Tears with Driver's Seat.
Boy, it really does have that nighttime driving feel to it where you can only just see the lines on the road in front of you like that. Such a cool, atmospheric song. So there you go. That was Sniffing the Tears with Driver's Seat. A true classic from 1979. And it, these shows go by so fast. We're down to the last two songs. Uh, but it's going to feel a lot longer now because uh, the next song I'm going to play you is damn near 10 minutes long but it is one of my favorite songs of all time which just happens to have been released the year i was born so i'm glad i'm able to play it for you here on the show tonight uh this band i've definitely have at least played a couple of times i would think on on the show at this point this is cheap trick cheap trick put out a great album of course in 1979 one of their classic albums the dream police uh, there are some great songs on here. I'm sure most of the general public have only heard the song Dream Police, but you should get this record. It's got great songs like Voices and Way of the World and uh, one of the best song titles of all time, The House is Rockin' with Domestic Problems. But uh, halfway through the album, you get this thing here. Uh, just a killer song. And, uh, you know, I, I admit things on this show, you know, like... You know, obviously I wasn't day one on this album because it was out the year I was born. I didn't hear this album for the longest time. You know, I grew up in the 80s and Cheap Trick, you know, I learned about through their like kind of first comeback, you know, with the Flame and all that stuff, Lap of Luxury album. Uh, The first time I heard this particular song wasn't their version. It was a cover version (laughs) done by none other than Sam Kennison. Uh, Sam Kennison, after he had that... uh, hit with his cover of Wild Thing. He did a whole album side of rock covers, and this was one of the songs that he did. Finding out that he actually uh, took his signature yell on stage from Robin Zander's vocal on this song. He admitted that. Um, So a lot of great reasons to love this song. And it's it's over the top and long, and it rocks really hard. And I love when they play this song live. They don't play it nearly enough. But, you know, it's like yeah, probably half the shows they've done lately, they play this song. But um, it's always a special show to me when they bust it out. So here you go. This is Cheap Trick with Gonna Raise Hell.
All right. Are you still with me there? All right. That was Cheap Trick with Gonna Raise Hell from the album Dream Police. Go get that record. That period. All right. And it's it's so late in the evening, or, you know, really the early morning of March 13th. Got one more song to play, though. Uh, this one will definitely give me the third wind. Uh, this, if I had to make a list of, like, my favorite songs ever, this would be really close to the top. Matter of fact, this band put out two singles in 1979 that just blow me away still. So timeless. This is one of those bands that uh, I think I might be talking to most of you people. Some of you know this band, and it's okay if you don't know this band, since they don't get a lot of pub. Uh, but the Buzzcocks, uh, really one of the greatest bands I have ever heard, ever in my opinion. There's just something about this band. Uh, you know, they're you know you can pigeonhole them as a punk rock band. Um, you know, I, I'd almost I, I used to refer to them as the kings of pop punk. I mean, they played punk rock music, but they wrote some of the catchiest songs I've ever heard in my life. Still to this day. Uh, Bands can write their best song and not even be half as good as their stuff. Uh, you need to know this band. Go get something by the Buzzcocks. Go get like a definitive best of. Get uh, the complete singles anthology. That would be a good one to get. Uh, you will hear some of these songs for the first time and be blown away if you uh, if you have the same taste as I. Uh, you know, I was gonna play "Why Can't I Touch It," which was another song that came out in 1979, I believe. Uh, it's one of the best songs ever. It's a perfect song. Uh, you know, they have a lot of great songs. They were falling in love with someone you shouldn't have fallen in love with. That's, you know, I, I could go on and on about this band. They're just, they're, they're genius. Pete Shelley, amazing songwriter. Uh, this is one of those songs that, you know, I'm, I'm into buying so much music and have been for most of my life. I remember the first time I got an album that had this particular song I'm going to play for you on it and just playing it on repeat over and over again and I don't do that with songs I think I might have taken I took like a road trip and I swear I played this song probably 12 times in a row at least and I don't do that I like I listen to the album all the way through and, and let it happen but this song just gets me and uh it's just super catchy it's it's a lot of fun uh so here you go enough said this is the Buzzcocks with Everybody's Happy Nowadays.
There you go. One of my favorite songs ever. That was the Buzzcocks with Everybody's Happy Nowadays. And it actually didn't come out on an album uh, initially. It was just a single. So uh, look for it on a good Buzzcocks best of. Like Singles Going Steady or like I recommend the Complete Singles Anthology. Uh, Get some Buzzcocks into your life. Uh, It'll be better because of it. I promise you that. So there you go. Uh, you know, I mentioned at the top of the show that there were so many songs uh, that I had to cut off of this particular list. So I guess that just means I'm going to have to at least celebrate the year of 1979 every single year on my birthday week. So I'm just going to make a tradition out of it. There you go. I'm making it happen every year. I'm going to do a 1979 show. So much great music there. Love me some 70s. So yeah, that gets my day off to a great start. I want to thank you for joining me here on the show today. Uh, Thank you for all the well wishes already, for those of you who got in there early. And thank you, as always, to the people that uh, post on the Rock Strikes 10 page. Really appreciate all your comments. The few but loyal. You guys are awesome. And uh, yeah, and (laughs) I so didn't say this at the top of the show, but hey... If you're listening and want to know how you can get involved, go to cnjradio.com, cnjradio.com, and send me an email, send me a show theme request, and chances are I will probably do it. Uh, So send it in your requests. Uh, Go to iTunes, please, and leave a review on iTunes for me, please. That will really help. Uh, yeah, you want to know what I want for my birthday, everybody out there? I would like you, if you're not already subscribed on iTunes, I'm assuming if you're listening to it, you are. But tell a few people about the show for me, please. Uh, and, you know, make them listen and uh, ask them to write a review on the iTunes page. Uh, anything. Like it on Facebook. Just do all the awesome, cool things that I plug on the show every single time. That's really all I want. Um, I have everything else that I could possibly really want in this world. Uh, so, you know, I've got, I've got great friends. Uh, I've got an amazing woman that I live with. So I, I really don't need anything else other than that. <laughs> um, so that's really it. That's all, that's all I need. I just need you to, uh, recommend the show to like-minded people. Uh, you know, even if you know someone that has shitty taste in music... Uh, recommend the show to them. I, I, I want to help. <laughs> maybe if, if you can't talk them into it, maybe I can. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? All right. It's late. I'm going to go. Thank you very much for tuning into the show here tonight. And I'll see you on the next one. Bye. <laughs>